So James Alexander, CEO of UXIF, or UK Sustainable Investment and Finance, welcome to the Can Marketing Save the Planet podcast. Thank you so much. It's really amazing to be here and uh, really, really pleased to be part of this podcast. And I think there's so much that marketing has to do with our you know, progression towards a sustainable future. So really excited to be talking about this with you today. Fantastic. And and it is, it's an important part, the finance. And, and so we really want to d- dive into that. But before we do, tell us a little bit about UXIF. I know you're relatively new to the role of CEO there. So tell us a little bit about the backstory, what you do, the membership, just to give our listeners a, a flavor of, of, of what the organization is about. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very happy to start. So I'm, I'm new to the organization, but the organization's actually been going for a very long time. In fact, this year, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. Um, and so if you imagine uh, back in the 90s, what sustainable finance looked like, um, we're in a very different world to that now. And I think that, that what's happened in that period is we've truly become mainstream. So we now have uh, 270 members, which brings together the entire community working on sustainable finance or anyone that's touching sustainable finance is welcome as part of our membership. So that includes banks and asset managers, and pension funds and other asset owners, uh, financial advisors, wealth managers, research firms, um, law firms, even some not-for-profits. So Oxfam and WWF uh, are members as well. Um, and so our members represent um, or, or collectively manage about £10 trillion of assets. So it's an enormous amount of the economy that, that, is, that is being um, you know, managed. Our, you know, our pensions um, you know, are being managed by OXIF members. And you know, what's, what's amazing about this is the whole organization is focused on how we can, you know, how finance can drive us towards a sustainable future. Um, and I think one of the most amazing things, that, the transitions that we've seen is that you know, the finance community doesn't think of itself as just, you know, we, we work within the economy that exists right now. It's about saying, well, we recognize that the economy is something that we have an influence over, have a role over, and, and we have a part, to, a part to play in driving the sustainable future. Um, and so, you know, how can the finance industry play its part in moving us towards a sustainable future? And um, what are the levers that finance can pull? Um, you know, we can't control everything, of course. We need government to, ta- to act. We need mm-hmm. individuals to act. Everybody yeah. must play their part. And, and the finance community is doing its bit. And, and, and that's part of what we do. We help share knowledge um, across members on, on tactics and, and things to do. Um, uh, we, we work with government and we lobby government uh, on how we should drive forward a sustainable future. Um, and uh, and, and we, we bring this community together um, to connect people, to share experiences and to, to learn from one another. Michelle and I, when we wrote the book, we were talking about the importance of the stakeholder chain and how that stakeholder chain has changed dramatically over the years from, you know, that focus being moving away from shareholders being the most important part through to, uh, you know, society and also employers and employees as and, and collectively. So I guess in a question to yourselves is, you know, we've read a lot about how investors are wanting to see sustainable development plans and agendas if they're going to invest their money in organizations. Are you seeing this as being something that's a really gathering momentum? Is the finance world serious about this? Or it is because I've read conflicting, you know, reports on it that yes, they're doing sustainable stuff, but they're still investing in the unsustainable things. It's a great, it's a great question, and you know, I think, I think definitely this drive towards sustainability is coming from all angles, um, and so you know, we're in a position where 
you know, even even if you are someone that doesn't believe in climate change, um, and I think that, that that group of people is getting smaller and smaller by the day. But even if you're in that situation, you know, in your in your work, your employees, your fellow employees want to take action on this, yeah. uh, particularly young people that are that are rapidly rising through the ranks. And um, you've got your customers that want to see you taking action on climate change. The government wants action on climate change. Society and not for profits are pushing for action on climate change. Um, uh, and and you know, and so I think there is so much going on um, that you can't, you just can't ignore this. And what we're seeing is people bringing them their whole selves to work in a way that I think hasn't happened. This is not just in finance, but but across the piece, people are sort of saying, "Well, if you know, if I believe that the world of the future, you know, we need to make serious changes to have a you know a planet that we actually all want to live in, um, then we need to think about where we can have an influence and, and the power that we can have." Um, and so. You know what can I do as an individual? Well, of course I can. I can uh, change the way I travel. I can change the things I eat. I can change the way you know that my my house is is insulated or whatever. But actually, I can also have a massive impact on the world through the work that I do um, and what I do from nine to five. And and that's what I think people are gradually uh, or rapidly getting into that mindset. Um, and so we're seeing this this huge shift. Um, and of course, the way that people manage their money is part of that. So so where people's pensions are invested, I think is, a, is you know is a really important piece of that. Um, uh, you know, and people are rapidly realizing that where their money is invested can have a major impact on the world that we that we live in in the future. And of course, that's no nowhere is that more relevant than pensions because that is the ultimate long term investment. Yeah. You know, we're we're looking at um, retiring in in decades to come, so that money can can be can be put to good use for the long term. And um, and so I think coming to your question, Gemma, that that does then you know make people think about. Well, what what is the role of an investor, um, and where are investors going? And so we are seeing across uh, our membership, um, so many of our members are now committing to net zero, um, and there are new global frameworks being developed um, for net zero asset managers, net zero banks, net zero um, asset owners, and pensions. Um, and so we have got this amazing array of, of, of net zero commitments that are coming through now. One of the challenges is what what does net zero actually look like? Um, you know, if you're if you're a fund or a bank, you know, what does it, what does net zero look like? Um, and to us, there's been a big kind of popular media has kind of characterised divestment, so this kind of pulling out of, uh, of of any kind of harmful sectors as being the the ultimate thing that net zero is all about. Um, for us, it's slightly different because as investors, we have a really important role to help um, what we call stewardship uh, and engagement, where we can be active owners of the companies that we invest in. Um, and what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, a minimum going, you get a seat at the AGM, you get a vote at the AGM, depending on how many shares you have every year, and you can start voting on motions, you can put things forward, you can vote for the board, you can vote for remuneration. And, and so you're actually really, really powerful in that company, particularly when investors are working together. Um, but but more than that, you have a kind of direct hotline to company management that you would never have in other, in in, in it for any other reason. And so one of the things that our, our members are starting to think about is this is not just about selling off your assets because frankly you sell something it still exists yes. so somebody else owns it and that yeah. likelihood is that that person that buys it from you cares less about it than or about the future about the planet than you do. And and so how do you make change in the real economy make real change on on the ground well what you do is you work with those companies that you're invested in um and and encourage them to make that transition to a sustainable future. Um and so you expect to see their climate plans. Um you expect to see them reporting on what their climate risks are and, and trying to understand those. And um, 
But it's not just about climate change as well. It's actually about a much wider group of social and environmental issues. So nature and biodiversity, water pollution, um, modern day slavery in the supply yeah. chain. That's a huge problem. Uh, equality and diversity. Um, you know, these are these are all huge, huge challenges. And our members are looking at these across the board um, and using active ownership as a way to, to make that to make changes in those in those spaces. So it's not just about divesting. It's about trying to make sure that the companies that we have are continuing to add value for the long term. And so it comes back to this definition of sustainable. Um, and lots of people say, well, sustainable, sustainability means lots of things to lots of people. But actually, everybody, I think, can agree on the opposite of sustainable, which is unsustainable. And what that yeah. means is it cannot go on forever in the way that it's currently operating. And so if you are a company whose sole way of making profits is by having people in enforce slave labor, you know, that can't go on forever. If you're if you're a company whose business model relies on burning loads of fossil fuels and destroying the environment, that can't go on forever. Um, you know, there's a whole range of business practices that are unsustainable and they're quite, you know, becoming easier to spot. There's more data coming through about, about how companies are doing different things and what their supply chains are doing. Um, and so I think there's so much more understanding of what sustainable business looks like. Um, and, and that's the role investors are able to play is, is, to, is to really kind of, push the companies they're invested in to, to become more sustainable and to, to create that future. Yeah. And I love that because it's almost the same message we're giving to marketers. You know, it's about this taking responsible, this this responsibility. And it's respond we talk about responsible marketing, sustainable marketing. This is about responsible finance, responsible investing. But I liked that word steward stewardship that you use there, James, because I think there is this, you know, the challenge we've got, and I had the same conversation with somebody, a friend of mine on the weekend, is, is that business for such a long time, you know, the, the, the way we measure success is, is around profitability. And of course, what you're talking about and what we talk about is all of those other components. You know, it's about doing business well, doing good business. But of course, when you've got short-term kind of views on quarterly reporting to shareholders. And it's, you know, what we're talking about here is changing the construct of business, changing the measures of success of business. And of course, finance plays a big part into business, you know, of course, as does marketing and many other facets. It's 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 all part of the many moving parts that need to work together. But fundamentally, this is a significant shift, isn't it? That, you know, we can do all the stuff around the edges is, but the fundamental shift has to be around that that shift as to what business actually is. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a really really good point. And and yeah, I think this the historically there's been this view, this kind of very kind of a business's job is business, um, and 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 purely exists to to to, to make money as much yeah. money as it possibly can for shareholders, um, and and and. Who cares about the world or the society that that you live in? Um, you know, someone else—that's someone else's job to deal with. And that is, you know, that's old news now. That I mean, that that has completely shifted. Um, and I think partly that's because customers have recognised that they care about the yeah. businesses that they're buying from, and so that shows how important the role of marketing is in demonstrating, you know, what sort of business that you are. Um, I think politicians have changed their views as well. Um, and you know, I think Europe has traditionally been ahead of, of the US. Even, even in the US, Joe Biden is starting to say, we need to reinvent the definition of a company. 
You know, yeah. what is a corporation? What what yes. are they what are they there for? They don't exist in a vacuum. They are part of the system um, and and they have a role to play in, in, in the society that we want to live in. And so I think there's so many different what's really nice about this this sustainability agenda is that there are so many different pieces of the puzzle coming, you know, or players or actors coming together to 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 move things forward. So that includes politicians, it includes individuals as customers. It includes employees with the with the role that they can play internally. Obviously company management and boards are getting really in on the act. Um, and then investors are kind of the final piece, I think, that yeah. that is that is pushing everything forward. But the but the role of marketing is absolutely vital. Um, and I think I think one of the key challenges is marketing what's real and not marketing what the image that you want to create is, um, you know, we call that greenwashing. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure people are very familiar with the concept, and you know, and I think, I think we we see that somewhat in the in the sustainable finance industry as well. There's what's what's, and and if you speak to our financial advisors in, in our membership, you know, their job is to to advise people on how to on how to put their money somewhere that meets their their needs. Now, five years ago. Um, these advisors will tell you that almost nobody asked anything about their money being invested sustainably. Um, but if somebody happened to, to say that, the advisors knew which which funds they could put that or recommend to their clients because it wasn't that it wasn't that you know mainstream. Um, there were a small group of funds that were you know you could tell were genuine because they weren't doing this because it was a great big market. They were doing it because they thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, that that shifted now, and so most most financial advisors' conversations now people will say that their values they want to see their values reflected in some way yeah. in the way that they are investing. And the problem with that is it's taken it mainstream. And when something goes mainstream, either you've got the product that meets the needs, or if you don't, the marketing team comes in to try and kind of pretend that you do have the product that meets the needs. And that's where it's become really, really hard. Um, um, and so, you know, creating nice green colored brochures with wind turbines mm. on the front, you know, that's, that's, that's where some funds have gone. Um, and so what we're, you know, what, what, us and, and, and others are starting to think about is, well, how do you actually look underneath the hood and find out what's actually going on in the fund um, and kind of open up the box almost and see what's, you know, how does how does the, the, the brochure reflect what, what actually decisions are made on a day-to-day basis? Um, and it's not just us that are thinking about it. The, the, actually, the UK government regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority, has recently published a series of principles around which a fund can be described. So if you want to use the word sustainable or ethical or whatever to describe your fund, um, that now has to meet a series of tests um, that, the, that the regulators put forward, and that's a, that's a good thing, and that's a really yeah. good thing. You know, it's giving, it's making sure that customers are getting what they expect when they when they invest in a product. When we talk about the triple bottom line, you've got people, planet, profits in whatever order. Generally, profits comes first, but you know, I think the shift needs to be planet, people, profits. How you know, as as, as someone who's uh, who's in the finance world the biggest question is okay i'm a business i know i need to come up with a more sustainable way of doing business i've been used to growth being selling stuff driving consumption how do i sit there and go right i need to i'm going to be selling less naturally how do i balance my sustainable agenda with the fact that i don't want to go out of business and I think that's a question that we, we, we've asked a number of guests because naturally they're going to get, well, I'm not willing to sell less, but we know we have to reduce consumption and we know we have to change our relationship with consumption because, it, it, as you say, it's a finite planet. We can't keep doing this. 
So what would be kind of your advice or things to think about if, you know, realistically, that's going to be a, almost something that happens if you're truly, truly serious about doing it? Great question. I think it, it, come, it comes back to, in my mind at least, it comes back to this definition of sustainable. You know, is digging more stuff out the ground so that you can sell it forever sustainable? I mean, I, 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 you know, people have to make their own judgment on that, but I, I think there's a, there's, you know, a good argument that says it, it isn't. Um, and so I think that's where we need to start thinking about, you know, the circular economy and the service-driven economy. So, so, so starting to think about, um, you know, there's a lot of companies now that are looking at things as a service um so so kind of footwear as a service or clothing yes. as a service um, and so and so what you then get is it's not the, the 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 kind of incentive for the company completely shifts at the moment if you buy a pair of shoes the incentive on the company is to make them just good enough quality that you'll that you'll buy them but 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 realistically that they'll break as quickly as possible so that mm. you can buy another pair and you know clearly there's there's something very wrong with a model that that does that when there's finite resources on the planet and um, uh you know equally you know things that that have huge damaging effects on on nature and biodiversity and water pollution you know these these that, that's that's where the challenges come in and so and so starting to think about well what is the second use of those products um uh can they be recycled or do they just need to be chucked? Um, you know, what, what, what is this circular nature of, of everything? Um, and, and how can every piece of material be reused in some way, ideally without too much energy needing to go back into it to reuse it? Um, uh, how can it be made to last longer so that it's not just a constant case of it breaks and then you get a new one? How can you repair it? Um, and the EU's obviously got the new right to repair standards, which I think we've adopted in the UK as well. Um, and so, you know, these are all going to change, I think, the way that we do business. And I, and I guess it comes, you know, it, it comes back to the, the, the question was, how, how does a company remain profitable in this situation? Well, Frankly, I think I think those companies that don't change are the ones that are going to be left behind, and they're going to be unprofitable by the fact they haven't changed. You know, it's no longer we're no longer in a world where you can say, "Well, I'll just keep going with what I've always done, and everything yeah. will be fine," because the landscape is just shifting all around us. So, so you know, if, if innovate or die, I think is probably yeah. going to be the going to be yeah. the reality, um, and that might mean changes in in, in um, how much profit you make per pair of shoes that you sell. You know that's that's life. That's the way. That's the way it's going to be. Um, uh, and I think you know that that kind of triple bottom line um, com component thinking. I mean, it's not a bad thing to make profits either. I think we, no. we need to. You know, no, and, absolutely and, not. And, and and actually, all of us have got pension funds that are invested in companies, and we want to see them make a profit because we want to be able to retire. Um, and so, making profits is totally fine. It's about the. It's about at what cost. Um, and if you're making profit on the back of people earning, you know, less than a dollar a day, if you're making profit on the back of, um, you know, destroying ecosystems or destroying the planet, you know, that's that's when it's, you know, a serious a serious challenge. Um, and so and so you can have profit, you can have, uh, and 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 you can have the other the other components as well. You can support people, you can support the planet, and you can still have profits. And that's that's the sweet spot. That's what we need to find. Um, yeah, absolutely. It is. It's it's that regenerative model, isn't it? Where where it's 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 all working for for the good of us all because 
we are only all on one planet, you know, and uh, and we do all and we really do all need to work together. So I suppose with your membership, then, are you seeing more people come to the membership now? Is this is this they're really now looking for support and working together collaboratively? I mean, we've seen that in lots of other industries that together they're stronger where you can formulate think tanks or, you know, group thinking and, and solutions that can be shared rather than individually trying to to solve these problems. Is, is that what you're seeing now, James? More? Yeah, absolutely. Our membership is growing like crazy, which is which yeah. is brilliant. And, uh, you know, um, and we're, we're always welcoming new members that are that are, you know, keen to understand what role they can play in, 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 you know, in the financial services community to drive towards a more sustainable future. Um, and, and, that in, there's you know quite different groups of members as well. So you know, law firms are a new area that we're beginning to bring members in, partly because they're drawing up all the contracts that are yeah. that are necessary to to make yeah. these changes. Some of these are the first time these these contracts have ever been written. So it's you know really new thinking going on there. Um, a lot of time we're we're bringing on members. So we've got a lot of leaders in our membership that are really have been driving forward this agenda for a really long time and, and really on the cutting edge, which is great. That's what we want in the UK. Yeah. You know, we're a country renowned for financial services. And we think sustainable finance, and actually the government would agree with this, that sustainable finance is part of the, absolutely part of the future of financial services. We want to be the leaders in that. You know, that's that's a, a key ambition for the UK. And um, not just actually because it's better for us in terms of skills and innovation, but also because other countries will look to us and say, well, how do we how do we match that? Yeah, how do we yeah. how do we come on yeah. to that? Um, and uh, and and so, but we're also seeing those you know a few companies that are saying, oh wow, we've kind of missed the boat on uh, on sustainable finance. Um, how do we how do how do we rapidly build our knowledge um, uh, on 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 how we get to the to the place that the leaders are at? And so they're joining our membership too to learn from the leaders to to participate in our events and activities and conferences to to connect to, to the rest of the community and to, and to find them you know to find their place in that sustainable finance future so we're getting this really amazing cross-section of different organizations coming in and, and being part of what we do that sounds really good and i think also you know another critical piece of this puzzle is regulation yeah and you mentioned that you work with the government how how do you work with the government in terms of you know determining what regulation should happen or 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 how best to approach it because we we do need regulation don't we otherwise it's it's the wild west out there so how are you working with the government yeah i mean yeah you're right there's a lot of people think that well regulation's bad why do we have regulation we should minimize regulation actually regulation protects all of us and and protects the integrity of markets it does you know really really good stuff comes through regulation but of course it has to be developed correctly and um, and we have to make sure that it's not you know, it's not overburdensome mm. and it's not asking the same questions in different ways that are just very complicated. Um, and so, you know, what we're doing is we've got our mission and we're driving forwards our mission of, you know, creating a sustainable future. Um, and we're working with our members to reflect how we can achieve that mission and what regulation is necessary to, to, to get that. So we work very closely with various different government um, departments and ministers, so the Treasury, um, Bays, which is the business department, DWP, which is responsible for pensions and pensions regulation. Um, and so we work work with these government departments. We work with the regulators that they link to, so the Bank of England and the FCA and the pensions regulator. Um, and we are pushing forward the views of our members about what regulation we need to drive a more sustainable future. And so we're thinking, one, you know, one of the parts of the world that's really leading on sustainable finance regulation is the EU. Um, bits and pieces of the EU sustainable finance regulation were already brought in before we left. Um, uh, and, and we're kind of now building 
out our own versions of those with the foundations that were that, that we that we started with when we left the EU. Um, and so one of those is called the Green Taxonomy. This is going to be a really big piece of I work. Keep hearing about that, I yeah, keep yeah, yeah. hearing about it and reading about it. So the Green Taxonomy basically is a list of things that are green. Um, and and so if you say I'm investing in green things. You know, there's this big list called the taxonomy, um, which which kind of identifies different business sectors and what sort of activities are green. Now, the EU's got a very, very highly prescriptive taxonomy that goes into very minute detail on different things. You know, what we're thinking about um, uh, uh, in OXIF is, is, well, how can that be more user-friendly for, yeah. for our members? How can it be used almost on a daily basis to sort of shape investment decisions, but not just on the ultra green end of the spectrum, but there's this big transition piece as well. So, yeah. so things that are green or that, that we think of as the cutting edge of technology today, we know that they're not the exact solution for net zero in 2050, but they get us on that way there. Um, yeah. And so the nice example that we sometimes think about is, is hybrid cars like a Prius. And, um, you know, five, 10 years ago, that was the greenest car you could buy. And, you know, the technology that they developed really drove forwards the creation of the electric cars that we see today. Um, Everybody knew that they still used petrol and they still, you know, still had fossil fuels in them. Um, they weren't they weren't the 2050 solution, but they were a key on step the on the road on the road to get there. Yeah. So, so what we're thinking about is well, how what are the other equivalent in different business sectors equivalent transition activities, um, and how can we build that into the taxonomy so that so that not only are we able to find investments in this really sort of ultra green end, but but we're kind of driving the whole industry through that transition yeah. as well. And I think that simplicity of communication for both you understanding, well, what is a green investment or who's on? We've talked about this before in kind of like food packaging, carbon labeling. It's almost like that red, amber, green system where you can very quickly see, oh, well, that's all green. The the amber is there on their way or red, you know, let's steer clear. They're not quite there yet. It, it, it does come down to this often messaging and communication, doesn't it? And, and the simplicity of that, like you say, rather than the, the detail that I know when we were researching the book and we were looking for the metrics and what goes on in finance and what do businesses have to report, we struggled to find any clear frameworks. There were lots of different frameworks, but it was kind of like, well, which ones do businesses use? You know, where are the frameworks? How do they know what to report on or what good looks like uh, or what good looks like to report on? Because I, I heard in an interview um, that you were doing with ED on, on ED.net that you you were talking about the fact that there is a lot of good stuff happening, but often it's not talked about. And I suppose that's where that bridge of marketing and finance working together collaboratively um, on many on many levels, but also on the comms level to, 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 to kind of share these in an authentic, transparent way and a simple way. Exactly. And I think, to be honest, there is so much that the financial service industry has to learn from how marketing has been done elsewhere. And I think the food labeling is a really amazing one. You know, you can pick up a you know something in the supermarket, and within two seconds, you know, is it good? Is it good or bad? You know, and, and is it something I want to put in my basket or not? Um, and 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 that's 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 so important, and it's and it, and it's trusted as well. I think that's the other thing. So I know when I read that food label that I feel that I can trust it. And again, that's back to the regulation piece. Yep. You know, I know that, that you know, a food company can't lie about what those red, amber, green are because it's regulated. And, and, and you know, they would, they would be 
hauled up in front of somebody, um, uh, not sure who, but some, somebody, would, would, somebody, would, somebody yeah. would have words um, uh, if they were if they were lying on that red, amber, green. You know, that's that's you know similarly, you know, where we could get to with with um, finance. I think there's quite a lot of research being done around how how people understand a lot of the different terms. Um, around their investments, um, what they mean to different people, what they, you know, if you see a fund that says we do this and somebody else says we do that, um, uh, yeah, how, how, how are you able to compare those things? And, you know, it's complicated as well. We can't pretend that this isn't complicated. It's not like how much fat does it have in it? You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a whole lot, there's a whole lot more to it than that. Um, and so, you know, but I think where marketing is really incredibly skilled is distilling complicated messages into things that people can readily understand mm. um, and understanding what it is that people want to, to know and what's important to people to know and what's noise and, and kind of filtering out all the noise um, to get people, you know, to make the decision that, that they're comfortable with, um, uh, with the information they need in, a, in an accessible format. And I think, you know, when we talk about that relationship between marketing and finance, it's, it's always been one that's been a bit of a bone of contention. Marketing wants to spend the money and finance see marketing as those that want to spend the money. Um, and I think, I think sustainability is, is the thing that's going to unlock that relationship for positive reasons and to bring the organisations that are serious about this into that world of what is a corporation what's its role in society how does it think about things differently and you know i think the more marketers can work with finance and the more finance can work with marketers the faster the progress will be to get us to that point i mean all of the stuff you've been talking about today has been so interesting in so much as if marketing can spend some time and understand that and understand what finance can bring and then marketing can feed back into finance that, that information is really valuable, isn't it, in, in progressing? Because we need to shift up a gear, let's face it. Um, and I think, I think we need to talk more, don't we, between us? We do. And, and I think, you know, we are across the piece inventing new ways of doing business. Um, and we can't pretend that's going to be easy. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've got to bring in the full range of skills and expertise yeah. across across what we do. We can't, we can't just say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll leave the entire reinvention of the economy to, to, to one group of people and, no. and everyone else just kind of follows on the back of it. This, this, is, this is the biggest shift we've ever seen. And um, it is going to create incredible opportunities for some, for some you know, forward-thinking innovators in a range of areas, including marketing. Um, it's going to leave behind other companies that, that don't keep up with the times. Um, and it's going to leave behind, you know, in industries like marketing, if, 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 you know, if people see green as a marketing opportunity rather than a real thing, I think, I think they're in for a big shock. Um, I think, I think what's happening rapidly is consumers are getting more and more educated on what's going on. And, and it won't be long before people can really see through hype and, and, and start kind of assessing what's going on underneath. And I think regulators are, are, are you know, speeding that process up as well by, by kind of making sure that you can't just kind of, fluff your way into into success so yeah. so you know it, it definitely is um across across sort of expertise challenge yeah. um, um and i think there's a lot of amazing marketing techniques that still are still completely relevant but i think what's being sold and what and how it's being sold and how it's being marketed 
people are looking at more critically now. Yeah, yeah. I think that transparency piece is absolutely critical. And um, so we like to ask all of our guests, James, the same three questions to wrap up this podcast. It's been wonderful talking to you and I'm interested to hear what you're going to say to these last three fiery questions. So I'm going to fire the first one at you. Uh, It's quite a big question, but can marketing save the planet? What's your view? I think think it can. And I think what it, you know, what marketing is so good at is getting people to take action, even if they didn't necessarily think that they needed to take action or wanted to take action before that. Um, and, and so we need people to understand more about what they need to do. We need people to start thinking in different ways, to act differently, you know, to not just, you know, jump in the car is the first thing that they think about when they want to go out, to not, you know, to not just turn the heating up two notches instead yeah. of putting on a jumper. You know, there are a whole range of individual actions that people need to take. There's also then a whole range of things people need to do around the way that they live, including where their finances are. Um, they need to, and, and, and things that they can do in a work environment. And so, all of these things depend upon marketing to get that message out and to encourage people to live and behave in different ways. I think marketing has got a massive, massive role to play in the future that we want to see. And uh, what do you hope business looks like in 10 years' time? So this is, this is a really interesting one because, you know, we talk a lot, and we've been talking about it on this call as well, sustainable finance, sustainable business. Um, you know, I, my hope is that in the future, what we call today is sustainable business is just business. It's <laughs> you know? business, yeah, that's yeah. the hope. And, yeah, and, and so, you know, this idea that, that sustainable business is something different, something special, something unusual, that's a niche topic, you know, that's, that's going to have to disappear. And so business and business in 10 years' time is what we currently think of as sustainable business. And so yeah. we'll see more kind of circular models. We'll see more people thinking about the full life use of their product. We'll see people yeah. thinking about their supply chains and what's going on. Um, we'll see people thinking about, you know, can my business operate the way it currently does forever into the future um, uh, without destroying everything around us? Um, yeah. And, you know, if people, you know, my hope is that broadly speaking, the answer to pretty much every business question is yes on that. You know, we are sustainable through and through and we've thought about every aspect of our work and, and that's, that's just how we are because that's how society expects us to be. And it's the right thing to do, right? It's the right. Do you feel good about that. Everybody feels good yeah. about that. It's it's we want to feel good about life, don't we? And the yeah. impact we have in this world while we're here. And I think people need to feel more frequently feel bad about the negative impact. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah. we don't have a choice right now either. No. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of it, we've got to make them feel irresponsible. If, right. if they're not being responsible, you know, right. and really feel that irresponsibility. Um, exactly. But but there is a, you know, there is a fine line there with communications of, of over-dramatizing things. So then people switch off. So, you know, this comes back to the skill of marketers to understand that behavioral change balance as to where you can go psychologically right. to, to make those shifts. So, you know, I agree. There's a lot of skills and there's a great opportunity for marketing. That's why Gemma and I are absolutely on a mission to get all 10.6 million marketers on the planet aligned with our, our kind of Hippocratic Oath manifesto for, for, for sustainability. Um, so my last question to you, James, is if you were to give just one piece of advice around getting others started with sustainable or sustainable finance, let's talk about sustainable finance, what would it be? I think there's two, two, uh, you've asked for one piece of it, I'll give you two. So the first okay. is, 
find out about what's going on learn about this topic learn about how serious things are yeah um there's you know we, we talk a lot about climate change but there's so many other issues that we're causing um and and i want us to start actually thinking about planetary boundaries which yeah. is what can the planet sustain and handle um and i had an amazing quote from from an astronaut on tv the other day he said he said when you go in space you look down in your space rocket you look down at the earth and realize the earth is also a space rocket hurtling through space and you know, in your space rocket, you're not going to eat all the food or you're not going to kind of use all the air or whatever you have, all the fuel in, in a second without being able to, to then continue your mission. We're doing the same on Earth. And Earth is fundamentally just a space rocket flying through space. Love you know, that. Let's look at that. Let's think about that more thoroughly. Um, and so learn what the issues are. Learn about the different things we're doing. There's an amazing documentary that David Attenborough on Netflix called something, I can't remember what it's called, something about, it's all about planetary boundaries. Yes. It looks about water and pesticide use and air pollution as well as obviously carbon emissions and, yes. and nature loss, you know, it start, start thinking about where we are causing problems across that whole piece of the environment and obviously for people in terms of um, uh, kind of social issues. Um, so get educated. Educated. Learn educated. about what the issues are. Yeah. And then, and then the second thing, which is linked to that really is bring that to work. You know, yes. bring that to bring your whole self to work. Don't pretend that you are some machine at work that doesn't have any emotions or feelings or views that, you know, that's not part of the, the wider world. You know, in, in work is often where you can have the biggest impact on the things you care about because you're yeah. making big decisions that affect big budgets and big investments. Um, you know, bring your convictions to the office uh, and make sure that your colleagues are hearing about them and that in your daily work, you are, you are you know, living up to your own values. And I love that so much, James, because that really aligns with our, our manifesto, doesn't it, Gemma? We say educate yeah, exactly, yourself, yeah. educate yourself, educate others, and then drive the change, steer the change as much as you can. Doesn't matter how junior or senior you are. You can be a marketing exec, you can be a CMO, doesn't matter. You can be the CEO. You, you, we all have that opportunity to to drive to drive the change um, and and educate and educate others so that really does align so beautifully so it's been an absolute joy talking sustainable finance and a pleasure to meet you james alexander thank you so much for coming on the can marketing save the planet podcast 